0: I remember, you know, just feeling like overwhelmed and people would show me photos and be like, oh, you got to go do this hike, you got to do this hike, you know, typical Denver conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, yeah, that looks awesome, but I had no idea where to start.
1: Welcome to the Passion to Brand podcast, a show of real stories from people who turn their passions into thriving brands through social media. I'm Brett Johnson, founder of Passion to Brand. And I'm Dale Schaefer, founder of DaleSchaefer.com. On the show today, how Brady Smith turned her passion for hiking and fitness into the well-known brand Ponytail on a Trail. Being in a new area can be quite scary. When Logan and I moved to Denver, Colorado from Louisville, Kentucky in the summer of 2021, we knew we wanted to find some community. Naturally, we went on social media and connected with people who seemed to have similar interests for adventure and outdoors. From this effort, we stumbled across Ponytail on a trail and immediately knew we needed to connect with Brady to learn her story of how she got interested in hiking in Colorado and how that eventually evolved into a hiking fitness program.
0: Yeah, so I grew up in a typical Midwest family, Um, hopped around throughout the Midwest, um, Ohio, Iowa, and then was in Indiana for most of my childhood and upbringing until I was about 23. So very flat, lots of cornfields, kind of what you think of stereotypical Indiana. Um, You know, I had a great childhood. Um, My favorite memories were when we would load up our Honda Odyssey and we would head on road trips. Um, We were a big road tripping family, so we really never flew anywhere. We were just always taking road trips. um, And You know, funny enough, I had never even been out west until I moved to Colorado later in life. Um, But we always went south. So we were a big beach family. Um, I always loved the beach for that reason. And my parents would just make it, you know, a really big ordeal. They would create these like travel scavenger hunts from the car. So we were always looking for things to win prizes and just made it really fun for my sister and I. Um, so I think for that reason, I've always loved to go new places and explore and, and travel, but that was just kind of on a smaller scale, just going to places like Tennessee and Myrtle mm. Beach and Florida, you know, kind of typical uh, spring break destinations and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you said uh, just very flat, flat land in the Midwest. Of course, Dale and i uh both are or Dale still is in Kentucky, and of course i I grew up in Kentucky, so we both oh. both totally understand that
0: oh yeah, yep. it's a different world definitely from from the West, yeah,
1: so did you grow up you said Tennessee did you um frequent the smokies or or you know what uh what type of road trips were were you going on
0: yeah, we actually did go to the Smokies, we spent some time in Gatlinburg, but my parents are not big mountain people. Are okay. They're not, um, you know, the adventurous type in that way. And so I never grew up hiking. Can- I never camped until I was an adult. Um, you know, never grew up skiing or anything like that. We were really strictly kind of like touristy type trips or beach trips.
1: Yeah, so Gatlin- Gatlinburg was perfect then.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, super, super touristy. I feel like every time I went to Gatlinburg, I'm like, I'm never coming back, but I guess as, as a little kid, there's a ton, ton to do. And you're always entertained, especially I don't blanking on, on the, that main street in in Gatlinburg that all the shops are, are in, but yeah, that, that is, as a, as a kid, that is, that's the place to be. So I must ask, you know, growing up in the Midwest, um, and you know, being in Indiana and Ohio, I would imagine that, uh, that Florida was a a common vacation spot for, for you. Is that right? Oh, yes. Yep. That was the same with us. Every, every spring break, every summer.
0: One time we even, we got a flat on our way there and some people from my high school actually passed us and stopped and
1: helped. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So classic. So you, you, that's, that's amazing that you, I guess you never, you never made it out, you know, out West. What was like, you know, what was your, your inspiration? I mean, what kind of, what, what was your, your drawing out, you know, out to the Western side of the U.S.?
0: You know, it's funny, I had honestly no desire to go out West because I always thought I wanted to end up in more of a coastal area like North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, And it wasn't except for a relationship that I ended up coming to Colorado. Um, At the time, it was kind of like, well, he really wanted to go to Colorado. We loved Colorado. And I just was desperate to try something different. And even though I didn't know anything about Colorado, had never been out west. I was just like, okay, I will take the leap. So mm-hmm. that is kind of funny how I ended up in Colorado, had no desire to, I didn't think I would like it because I had heard all the stereotypical things like, oh, it's just freezing. It snows every day. Yeah. Um. You know, just kind of thought all of those misconceptions about Colorado. Um, and then I absolutely fell in love with it.
1: Yeah. So was this, was this boyfriend, was he also in Indiana or, or was he already out in Colorado?
0: Yeah, he was in Indiana, so we moved out there together, um, and it didn't work out between us, but I'm very grateful that he prompted me to end up out here.
1: So how how old were you?
0: I was 23 at the time, so I was just, you know, like a year and a half out of college, Um, and I just, you know, like I said, I was just kind of aching to get out of the Midwest, and I just knew, okay, if I don't get out in the next few years, it's likely that I will just settle into like a career and a life here. Hmm. Um, And, you know, there's nothing wrong with Indiana, but I just really had a desire to see what else was out there and what else I might enjoy.
1: Totally. So, yeah, you, you, you moved out to, to Colorado and I would imagine what did you, I guess, did you fly out to Colorado when you first moved out or did you all do a road trip cross country?
0: We road tripped. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. Cause like I said, I just, I didn't know anything about Colorado, about the area. So
1: yeah. Yeah. As a, I guess as a 23 year old, I guess it didn't, didn't really matter at that point. Moving, moving out of Indiana, out of the Midwest to explore a new, you know, life was exciting, but I can also pretty imagine that that was also pretty risky as well. You know, from, from your perspective, feeling like, um, I don't know what this is going to look like. You know, did you have other friends out in Colorado? I mean, was there anything else that was drawing you, you know, besides your boyfriend at the time?
0: I've had one good friend, which I think, you know, moving to a new place across the country is really scary. No matter what your age is, I didn't even have a job. I moved out just looking. I was working in the fitness industry. And um, I was also daunting because I went from working at the only gym in my small town to having like a world of fitness opportunities, group fitness studios, massive gyms, all these clubs. And I was just overwhelmed. I mean, it's a, such a different industry in a city like Denver. Um, totally. And I look back and I'm like, man, I'm really proud of myself for doing that at age 23. Cause it's hard. You know, I commend anybody who's made a big move like that. Cause it's not easy.
2: Yeah. So you said you graduated from college. Uh, what was your degree in at that time?
0: it's kind of funny. I actually got a degree in counseling. Hmm. My parents kind of pushed me to not go the fitness route. Um, because they said, you know, it's really hard to make a living as a fitness professional. Like you're not going to make that much money. Um, and so even though I felt more passionately about that, they really persuaded me to, to not go that route. Well, then of course, as soon as I graduated college, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and get certified in all of these things and start pursuing a fitness career because that's what I want to do. Um, so I never actually used my counseling degree in a, in a formal way, but I do feel like it is a massive part of fitness and health. Um, so it's come in very handy over the years.
1: Yeah. So I guess when you when you got to Denver, was it, you know, did you have a job lined up in, in, at a fitness studio or, or did you kind of get, get to Denver and, and just figure it out?
0: I just figured it out. Um, There was, you know, I I started working a bunch of different part-time jobs because that's pretty standard in the fitness world. It's hard to land a full-time thing, Mm. uh, especially when you're just getting experience. So I was working at um, a rec center in Golden. I was also doing physical therapy in nursing homes. Um, And then I was also working at a group fitness studio. And so I was just kind of trying to figure out what niche I wanted to fall into what I enjoyed, you know, the environment that I liked. And then just a few months into doing all of that, juggling a couple different jobs, I ended up getting offered a full-time position at the fitness studio that I was working at to manage it. Um, And that was, you know, full-time Monday through Friday. And I jumped on that. (laughs) I was all about it. And so um, that ended up being my job for about five years. I was working at that studio full-time and managing it. And um, I helped start it. So it was definitely really important to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And was that, I mean, was it a, a studio that you were, you worked out at first? I mean, how, I guess, how did you find the studio?
0: <laughs> it's pretty random, but I actually lived in the apartment complex above where it was Ooh, in. Okay. So one day I was just walking, um, you know, to my apartment. And I walked past the retail space. They hadn't even opened yet. And I just popped in and I was like, hey, what, what is this? You know, is this a gym that's coming in? And um, I ended up talking to the owner and I was like, well, I'm a trainer. I would love to interview. <laughs> and yeah. we just did it really quick because they were about to finalize their interviews. And she ended up liking me enough to hire me on like right away. And so I got to be a part of it as it was still under construction. All the training and then opening it up, um, grand opening and all of that.
2: How
1: cool! That's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, it was definitely serendipitous that I walked in there that day because if I had even done it a day later, they would have already been done with their hiring. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that uh, sometimes it's just perfect, perfect timing like that. You know, you just live in live in an apartment complex above where where you're gonna work, and especially as a as twenty three year old. You're like Seems, seems about right.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Figuring it out every day as you go.
1: Yeah. So how, I guess, how, um, how involved did you get into, you know, the community working I guess if you're working, you know, steps below where you're living, you know, I guess how, how did you start getting involved in community, getting out and meeting people? I mean, what, what was that experience like, you know, cause, um, being out in Colorado, the people are very different than the Midwest. So how <laughs> yeah. was that experience for you?
0: I love the culture in Denver. So I kind of felt like I fit into it better than I thought I would. You know, at first I was intimidated by this like outdoorsy culture and feeling like I didn't really fit in. Um but pretty soon I realized that there were so many people who were also transplants from all over and I was like, you know, this is kind of awesome because so many people are moving there in their 20s and um it it was really easy, I felt, to meet friends because so many people were looking for friends. So, you know, kind of through like one person introduced me to this person and, and I meet this, you know, another person through this person. And then a lot through the, the community at that fitness studio I was managing because I knew every single person that walked through the door. Um, it just kind of happened naturally where that's where my community was. And so it's funny because Denver does feel more like home to me in a lot of ways, because that's where my people are. That's where my community is for the most part.
1: Yeah. You, you, you had to, you had to step out and and meet people. I mean, that's maybe back home. And I I can, I can vouch for that myself back home. Things are comfortable and you kind of just get in the groove and it's like, you hang out with people that you've lived with, with your whole life, you know, then you move to a new city and it's like, You don't have people that you were with your whole life. You have to make extra, you know, extra effort to, to be friends with people. And so a lot of times that can create really good, uh, you know, long lasting, cultivating friendships. So I'm very curious, Brady, you move out from the Midwest, super flat, right? The whole, the whole, uh, area is just uh, flatlands. You move out to, to Denver. What was, what was it like, you know, kind of entering in, into this world in, in the mountains? Like what was that first hike for you? What was that like?
0: Um, yeah. So I remember, you know, just feeling like overwhelmed and people would show me photos and be like, oh, you gotta go do this hike, you gotta do this hike, you know, typical Denver conversation. Yep. <laughs> um, and I was like, Well, yeah, that looks awesome, but I had no idea where to start, how to get where I wanted to go, you know, how does parking work, you know, just all of these things that yep. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so a lot of it was like kind of going with people who had lived in the area for a little while. And I remember my very first hike was just in Chautauqua, which is in Boulder. Um yeah. it's a very popular hiking area, nothing too crazy, but it blew me away. I remember just standing there being like, This is so much better than photos. Oh my gosh, like how am I really here right now? And that I think that that's really when I fell in love. I was like, okay, I think that hiking is gonna become like my hobby because this is amazing and I feel like I can do it. You know, it didn't feel too inaccessible like some of the other things that people do in, in a state like Colorado. So coming from the Midwest, I thought, okay, this is doable for me.
1: Yeah. Going, going to, up to Boulder and, and, you know, doing some of the hikes there a lot more, a lot more, you know, ease of transition for, you know, I guess from coming from, from the Midwest. Yes. So you go on the hike and you're like, this is amazing. I now see why there's so many transplants. <laughs> it's like yeah. I, I know why people move here, right? You're hooked. You're like, this is, this is going to be a routine for me, you yeah. know, but there was this, there was this thing that kept getting in the way called a job. You know, you still have your nine to five, you're still working at, uh, at the studio. Mm-hmm. H- how did you find time? I mean, you know, I'd imagine, uh, you wanted to get out as much as you, you, you could. So how did you find time to, to manage your, your work, but also this, this new passion?
0: I became a typical weekend warrior. Um, I just really made it a priority every weekend, pretty much, especially in the summer, you know, when driving conditions were good. I just started trying to get out to go somewhere new as often as possible. It's not like the month I moved to Colorado, I started going to the mountains every weekend. It kind of slowly built up where the more I went, the more I wanted to go. And so... um, you know, I just was getting together with girlfriends and saying, You wanna go here this weekend and starting to really get into the research. Cause once I realized, okay, wow, there's so many awesome places within like a five hour radius. Yeah. <laughs> I started to think five hours is doable. I can sleep in my car. And you know, just it totally changed my lifestyle. Um, and I Became a little bit of a dirt bag where every weekend I was <laughs> sleeping out of my car just so I could go like a little further and a little further to keep exploring different areas in Colorado and Utah and New Mexico, Wyoming, all the neighboring states.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how, how far you can go and how much you can do if you just sleep in your car.
0: Yeah, lower your standards a little bit. <laughs> lower your
1: standards, yeah, yeah. You probably would have never imagined that, you know, growing up in Indiana, that you'd need to sleep in your car to to adventure.
0: <laughs> right, exactly.
2: <laughs> so, so talk about like, uh, you know, how you, you know, really began to, I guess, call it develop a passion for for this hiking so much so that you wanted to begin to share it uh, with photos and I guess videos and everything. On social media?
0: Yeah. So the more I did, I started kind of pushing it a little bit and, you know, started doing bigger hikes, 14ers, backpacking treks and, and things that really pushed me out of my comfort zone big time. And I found that getting outdoors and pushing myself on the trails really empowered me in in a way that nothing else ever had. Mm. And That was awesome. And getting out and doing it with other women, especially, I just loved. And I just couldn't get it out of my head of like, you know, I want to be sharing what I'm doing, places I'm going, and kind of just encourage other people to do the same, even if they're coming from similar positions as me. And I, I also felt that like in the Instagram space and blog space, most of the people who were sharing were pretty much experts. Like they looked like experts to me from the outside, even if they weren't. And um, again, like it just felt more intimidating when you look at it through that lens of, well, they've been doing this their whole lives or, you know, they're doing the most intense things. And so I kind of just wanted to share things from a lens of somebody who's not an expert, not a professional, does pretty just moderate hikes a lot of the time, is a weekend warrior, and and you can do it too, you know?
1: Hmm. So that's how that's how it started, just, you know, wanting to... Wanting to basically connect with an audience that you kind of, I guess it was speculation at that point that was like, I think that there's people, other people out there that like me that, that want to be weekend warriors or want to be in the outdoors, but they're not masters at it. So, so I'm going to put out content, you know, connect with people on Instagram to show people that you don't have to be a master at it. You can just, you can get out there and, and just start.
0: Exactly. And you know, the, the like Instagram informational space has grown immensely in the last few years of people putting out really helpful content. But at the time, there really wasn't anything like that that I was finding. So I was just learning everything as I was going and making a lot of mistakes.
1: And kind of tell me, what was what was the focus early on? I mean, what type of content were you putting out?
0: Let's see, when I first started, oh, when I first started my page, I was also starting a 52 hike challenge.
1: Oh, nice. Um, mm. Which
0: just means that you do a hike, every single week for an entire yep. year. And um that was just more or less to like help me keep consistency in my hiking, even with work and just life. Mm-hmm. Um so it really it was a good challenge for me. So it was right around the same pretty much the same month that I started my Instagram up. I started doing that. So I was just sharing a lot of like trail reviews, um like hiking inspiration and then just sharing a little bit about my own like my own life and thoughts. And I've kind of always incorporated that into my page. I've always wanted to like be very connected with people and on a deeper level than just sharing trails. Um, So it's kind of like a mix of all of that. And I was going through some really hard personal things at the time too. So I think that that helped me kind of like open up and be a little bit deeper than maybe I would have been just because of what I was going through at the time. So it was just kind of like perfect storm to really connect with people.
1: So you're, uh, I guess, presumably still working this at this point, right? You you get on social media, yep. you start posting uh, this content, um, but you're still, you're still at the gym full-time?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I guess at what point did, did you start kind of debating and thinking about, you know, should I continue at this, at the studio? I mean, you're doing, heck if you're doing a 50 week challenge, Um, that takes, yeah, that takes, that's, that's a lot of effort, (laughs) a lot of energy, you know? So I guess at what point did you say, you know, I'm, should I work at the studio full time or, or should I take on social media full time?
0: So I actually had my page going for two years before I quit. Um, for me, you know, it just started out as more of like a passion project, just almost like a diary of what I was going through this transition. to like finding this new part of who I was and what I loved, a new passion, sharing that, trying to educate people. Um, I've always loved writing and just kind of like putting my thoughts out there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I started a blog as well um, to be able to write some bigger articles about certain topics. And um, yeah, so for a long time, it was just a side thing. You know, I would post every day um, before work. and. And that was that, um, but over, you know, it grew, um, to about 20 K in the first year. That's when I started getting, you know, contacted by brands and I realized, okay, this is becoming like a life changing thing, (laughs)
1: Hmm.
0: you know, this is definitely could be something bigger than just, you know, a side Instagram page. Um, but, you know, still at the time, I, I had no idea how to monetize it. And so I had to really take some time to educate myself um, in the middle of doing all of the things. So I would be, you know, in the middle of my work day, lunch break, I would be out for a run or for a walk and I would be listening to marketing podcasts um, or, you know, after work, before work, learning as much as I could, just trying to absorb things about like how to run a successful Instagram, how to increase engagement, how to potentially monetize your brand and um, growing your blog, all of these different things, uh, business and marketing was totally new for me. So um, I just try to start really like expanding my knowledge in ways that I could do while still juggling everything.
1: Yeah. And I can imagine I mean, that's all new information. This is a whole new world for you, right? Mm-hmm. So was it mainly through podcasts that you're getting that that information or... or- We've also had you know guests on the show that talked about you know investing in courses early on. I mean what what did you you do to kind of gain that knowledge?
0: I literally just listened to podcasts, which wow. is kind of wild. I never I never did a formal course or anything until later once I had already quit. <laughs> so yeah, it was just kind of informal education, but I mean it's crazy how much you can get from podcasts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the information's at your fingertips. It's it's accessible. Yeah. You know, I think, I think maybe what set you, you apart, uh, Brady, is that you, you were willing to learn. I find that, uh, find it super interesting because you don't have any, you know, don't, didn't have any business background. And here your account grew from zero to 20K in, in a year, which doesn't happen often, right? That's, that's not, that's not a normal thing. And so you, you had a choice. It's like my passion for fitness and working in fitness, or, you know, do I pursue this thing called Instagram?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's just one thing that I would tell anybody who is still working full time and pursuing something is that that's a part of the process. You know, it's not always as glamorous as just like, oh, I have this like side project or side passion and boom, I can quit my job and like go full throttle into it. Oftentimes it's like doing both and juggling it for a while (laughs) while you figure out how to make it work full time for you.
1: That's really, yeah, really an important thing to note, you know, taking, taking those steps and and eventually, right. As you take those steps, it'll become more clear. Um, but at the end of the day for everyone, right. It's, it's still a leap, right. Especially, especially at at the end of the day, you're, you're, you at this point now I had worked, I would imagine now for four or five years at the gym, you've, you know, created a schedule, you've created a routine, you're like comfortable. It's like, uh there was a thought in your mind that you were going to pursue this thing that that wasn't as big obviously as it is, is now and it has wasn't at this point that it is now it was really small and it was like i don't really know what the future of this looks like you know so yeah so what did that i mean what was the ultimate tipping point for you where it was like um i'm i'm just no longer going to be at the gym i'm no, gonna, no longer going to take 40 50 hours a week spending time there and i'm going to transition that time um to this new this new passion project
0: i would say like about six to eight months before I quit, I started doing some market research and realizing there's really no fitness programs that are targeted to the outdoorsy woman, hmm. you know, for people who aren't just trying to lose weight or aren't just trying to like, you know, do this specific thing, but they really want functional fitness that helps them get in shape for a backpacking trip or for somebody in a fourteener or for even just going on hikes regularly. Um, or maybe they just love the outdoors and want a program that makes sense for that particular passion Hmm. um so it kind of just like hit me one day like almost like an epiphany i had been listening to all these podcasts of like man what can i like what can i put out there that's that i'm like very educated in i Mm -hmm. feel like an expert in Cause that's what they kept saying in the podcast. Like, what is your area of genius? Like, Mm -hmm. what is it? You have to like pinpoint where you like a topic that you could just go off about for like two hours to a random stranger. Like, what is that? What do you Mm -hmm. feel like really educated in and passionate about? And for me, that has always been fitness. Um, but then I had this new passion for like using fitness to be able to hit some incredible trails. And for myself personally, I had noticed such a difference when I was just doing my normal workouts versus when I was doing targeted workouts for hiking. I mean, it was like night and day and I enjoyed it so much more. I was way less miserable on the trails, even though I was working out the same amount. Mm. I changed my tactics just to see, you know, like if I train specifically, like doing these things that I know will help just from my background knowledge. And it made the biggest difference. Again, like the podcasts and just all of those things um, about how to package that and started to incorporate a lot more fitness content in my page, um, which I would have shared a little bit of, but it just never was really a big focal point before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a pretty big shift for me. And it was hard, honestly, like transitioning my content, worrying like, oh, am I going to lose people? Or do people care about this? Um, But it was really important to do that because otherwise I have a big audience of people who don't care about what I'm selling. So um, just kind of building that foundation over like six to eight months, knowing that I'm going to be launching this as I'm working on it after work. You know, So I was working at the studio like nine to 10 hours a day during the week. And then I would get home and I would be working on programming, working on putting my website together, working on marketing materials, um, building my email list, you know, doing all of these things that were just essential steps, but I think because I was so motivated to do it, um it really helped push through on those long days, those long weeks, those long months, all of it
2: hmm. so talk to us a little bit. I just uh, t- wanna kind of come back to you talked about the training being different for hiking versus a, to your typical fitness program. Just give us some examples of you know what types of exercises did you do to improve for hiking versus a, a typical fitness program?
0: Yeah. So a lot of fitness is kind of like a muddling of HIT style cardio with circuits, with using like light to medium weights. Um, and there's really no specificity. They're not actually focusing on strength stimulus or actual aerobic cardio stimulus. They're doing this like weird mashup that's really not targeting either energy system in a meaningful way. And so, um, my programs are more so inclusive of actual aerobic training, which you're more of like at a moderate pace, uh, moderate intensity, usually.
1: Unless you're running from a bear, right? Right,
0: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Um, But a lot of people don't train the aerobic energy system you know, true aerobic training would be like incline walking on a treadmill or biking or, you know, just doing these like kind of slower things that build that aerobic energy system up so that when you're out on the trails, you're primed for it and you're, you know, killing it. Mm. Um, And then a little bit of conditioning in that way, but that's typically all that people do. And I've seen it so much in the group fitness space and it's just not, super effective for much of anything other than it's entertaining for people. And it feels hard cause you're getting a good sweat.
1: Yeah. Wow. So you, I mean, you really did, you, you, you made these programs very centered around what, uh, you know, what a person's going to experience when they hike.
0: Yes, exactly. And honestly, like the workouts just have gotten me in my best all around shape. Um, but then I also felt the benefits on the trails, which is the, the main goal.
1: Yeah. So you launch your program. What was the name of the program?
0: It's called Fit for Hiking.
1: Fit for Hiking. And so you launch it. Um how how was this the launch? Was it was it a huge success? I mean, did you see a lot of ladies hopping on board or or how how has it been?
0: Yeah. So I launched in January of last year. Okay. Um it was my first launch, so I didn't fully know what I was doing, but oh. you know, did the best I could um with what I knew. And I would say it was pretty successful. I had a lot of signups in that first month, month or two. Um, and I got a lot of one-on-one clients as well, which I've always loved doing one-on-one stuff. That was a big part of my job managing the studio was doing one-on-one training with clients.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that that was really cool for me. So I launched in January and then I was actually able to quit my full-time job in February.
1: Wow. So from from this program?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I won't say that it was like immediately matching my income, (laughs) but I just was realizing I can't keep balancing all of these things anymore. If I want to really like go two feet in with my business, then I can't be focusing on this other business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not having to worry. I mean, at the end of the day, what what you're trying to do is you, you really truly want to help people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and sometimes it can get difficult, right? When you're also trying to make money, it's like, Well, I just, I want to help people, but I also want this to be sustainable. What I'll tell you is, is although maybe you didn't start making millions off, you know, from day one, even your first client is a huge success, right? From someone who doesn't have a business, you know, background. And and at the end of the day, you learned all this. I'm sure when you got that first client and that first person called you and said they wanted to work with you, I can imagine that was like a really exciting thing.
0: Oh yeah, my husband like laughs at me because my first sale I ever got, I was like running around the apartment yelling, I'm an entrepreneur. Heck yeah. <laughs> you know, everything I had listened to and read was like, don't expect a million people to sign up for what you're putting out there the first launch. It's just not gonna happen. Um, so I was just honestly happy to have anybody.
1: Totally. Yeah, I know Brady, obviously you've <laughs> you've really grown right? You've, you've added new people to the program. You're constantly adding new people to the program. You're even launching, um, you know, a new project and program where you're actually doing group group trips with ladies. And you just, you just finished one, I guess, what is it, a month or two ago?
0: Yeah. A month and a half ago. Um, I led a, a retreat to Zion national park. That was a big time dream of mine for honestly years. Like since I started my page, but again, you know, it felt really far away. Like, how am I going to get women interested in traveling with me when i put it out there i was thinking okay i'm putting these like this deposit money down for renting these yurts um like this is vulnerable like nobody could sign up i have no idea what's gonna happen and it ended up selling out in like four hours which was amazing Mm um and the retreat was so awesome so rewarding really cool to like get to actually come together with people who are like in my Instagram community that I've never really gotten to connect with in that way before.
2: Yeah, talk about the retreats, because I know that when we we talked with you uh, a few weeks ago, you were very excited about that because you had just completed your first one.
0: Yeah, I've always wanted my page to be like true connection where I can actually like help people feel encouraged and empowered and, and not feel worse about their life. like a lot of I don't know. I feel like a lot of Instagram pages I go to, then I just feel like crap about myself afterwards. Yep. Um. And I kind of wanted to be the opposite where it was like, you can do this too, you know? And so I wanted to translate that into the retreat. It being a really like empowering experience for women who maybe wouldn't want to travel to these places on their own. They wouldn't know where to start with like getting lodging near a national park, where to go in the national park, all these things. And they just wanted someone to plan it for them and to show them the ropes and to give them that confidence that like, yes, they can hike Angel's Landing um, and do things that they like are way out of their comfort zone. It was something that I thought about doing for years and gotten questions about like, are you going to do group hikes? Are you going to do any trips? And um, so it was really cool to see it finally come to fruition.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's so cool. and I, And I know uh, Brady, that you, you you know, utilizing, you know, your, um, your program, uh, for fit for hiking. And, and of course, you know, this, this new, this new project, those are obviously your, your primary ways of, of continue to, to, to make this brand, you know, full, you know, full time for you. You know, I, I, I would love if you can kind of share a little bit about, um, what does monetization look like for your brand? You know, is that, is that, is that your primary source of income through, through those programs or, you know, or or are you doing other things to, to keep this full time for you? What does that look like?
0: Yeah. So I still have multiple streams of income and I actually kind of enjoy that just because business can be really inconsistent and it's nice to have a couple different things going on. Um, Juggling it all sometimes can be tough, but I've found kind of like my flow with it. So I'm, yeah, I'm still selling programs. I do one-on-one training um, the retreats, you know, aren't as frequent, so I wouldn't say that that's like a huge money maker. Mm-hmm. Um, doing part-time marketing, which I really enjoy, just doing that remotely, mm-hmm. and then um, some occasional partnerships. So I, I wouldn't say I take on a lot of those, and I'm very choosy. I don't, you know, I just don't want to go with any old brand.
1: And obviously, with your platform, you you want to stay very true to your audience, and you want to stay connected to your audience. So um, I totally get. You know, making sure that your platform's not, doesn't feel, you know, like an advertisement totally. It still feels very much personal, as, you know, that's a huge, huge piece to this. Did you ever imagine that it would get to this point?
0: Definitely not. (laughs) No. I mean, I still have days where I feel like I'm not any good compared to all these different people when I look back at how far I come and that's so silly, you know? know? I, yeah. I should just be celebrating, you know, the impact that I do have now, um, yeah. because that's really, really special.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself a pat on the back every once in a while. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure um, with uh, with a new baby on the way, uh, I'm sure the Ponytail on the Trail brand, you know, has a lot of uh, exciting things on, on the horizon. Um, Brady, what's next for the brand? Where, where are we headed, uh, headed next year?
0: So I'm actually working on launching a new program called Mountain Strong, and it's going to be a lot more strength specific, um, focused on that. I've just kind of realized over the last year that a lot of women have never lifted before, feel very uncomfortable in that arena, and are interested in that sort of training.
1: Awesome. Well, we're excited uh, excited to continue to follow along your journey uh, Brady and exciting for the excited for this new new launch and new program but uh, of course we want to give give our listeners an opportunity to connect with you if that's a program that they're interested in learning more about or if they just want to follow along you know on on your journey I can vouch uh you know as, as being a follower myself Brady you have great content and, and you are very personal and I love obviously uh, connecting with you over the fact that you have bears in your backyard. So, <laughs> so
0: <laughs> many people are fascinated. I get so many messages. So what's a bear update? Like what's yeah. going on? It's so funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, it is quite, quite a scene. You don't often, you know, you're, it's not, not a normal day that you just see a bear, you know, um, eating your trash out of your backyard. So <laughs> it's uh, very true. <laughs> nonetheless, fascinating content. So what's the best way for, for people to get involved? Uh, and to follow along uh, with with you, Brady.
0: Yeah. So my Instagram is Ponytail on a Trail. So that's you know the, the easiest way to just kind of follow along with what's going on. And my blog, all my blog articles, and all my programs are sold through my website. So if you're interested in trying a free week of the Fit for Hiking program, you can go. It'll pop right up to give you the option to sign up for that. If you go to Ponytail on dot com.
1: We're excited to see where this uh, the new program you, Brady.
0: Yes, thank you so much for having me on today. It's been awesome talking with you guys.
1: Yes, thanks so much for coming We've on. We've loved it. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you are not a subscriber to the Passion to Brand podcast, please do subscribe. If you're interested in being on the podcast, please write to me at Brett at PassionToBrand.com or send me a message on Instagram at PassionToBrand. This episode was produced by Candace Bodenbender with Max Drive Marketing and music composed by Trevor Michael Music. Thanks again for listening.